Welcome to the Discipleship Podcast with Pastor Pablo Martinez. We truly believe disciples aren't born, they are made. If your desire is to grow, renew your mind, and go to the next level in the way you live for God, this podcast is for you. Pastor Pablo will be sharing the real heart of a disciple through tough but transformational truths that are sure to confront us. These truths will lead us into establishing the kingdom of God in our lives. Now is the time. Grab your pen, a notebook, and your Bible. It's time to get formed. All right. Thank you, guys. You may be seated. Um, I'm very excited to be able to share the word with you guys today. This is something that I actually really, really, really enjoy doing. Um, so I'm very grateful to God that I get to have this opportunity to share his word with you. Um, so let's pray really quick and uh, we're going to jump right into it. Lord, I ask you, Lord, that just as you are here and we know it, that we may feel your presence in this place, that we may hear from you and ask the Holy Spirit where you are seated. If you're watching on YouTube, ask him, Lord, speak to me tonight. I want to hear your voice and I want to hear what you want to tell me, Lord. I want to know, Lord, that it is you speaking to me, Lord. My heart is open and my ears are open. Come on, say that with me. My heart is open. My ears are open to receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I need some volunteers, hopefully in the same germ circle, so we don't have to worry about um, spreading COVID or anything. Um, I need seven volunteers. I know it's kind of a bit, but I need... All right, come on out. Uh, we have two, three... Yeah, this is kind of... Hey. You want to be a volunteer? Okay, four, I need three, one, two, three, four, five. I need two more, two more. Okay, so I'm going to need three people on this side. Uh, you can sit on the stage. Um, and I'm going to need one One of you. Come, Can you come on up, um, Angel, off to the side right here? Right here? Yeah, you can stand in this corner over here. And then you guys, I need you to, off, I need you to be off the stage. And then when I cue you, you're going to come up, okay? So hang tight. Okay, so I want to tell you guys a story um, about some shepherds. I love Christmas. So I'm reading, um, I'm reading the book of Luke for December, all through December, uh, which will get me to the 24th and the 25th to the meaning of Christmas. Um, but I want to start with this story that I read earlier in the week uh, from Luke chapter 2. And it says that there were some shepherds. So here we have some shepherds. Are they in the frame, Irie? Are we okay? Should we keep them, bring them a little bit more in? They're good. Okay, so there were some shepherds, and they were um, in the part of the country who were spending the night in the fields, and they were taking care of the flock. So you guys can come a little bit closer right here so that Adelie is not with <laughs> having to hug the light. Um, so we have some shepherds and it says that they were out in the fields, right? So just like we are tonight, it may have been a cold night. So maybe one of them was wearing a hat. Are you guys a hat? Who wants to wear the hat? You, you, your hair is done, Marcos. <laughs> so maybe one of them is, maybe one of them is cold. And he has, uh, um, the sniffles. So you're going to have the sniffles right here because you were in a mask. Uh, and maybe one of them was cuddling with their favorite sheep. Uh, maybe one of them was having a cup of tea. You're going to have a cup of tea because you're feeling sick. Okay. And maybe they had a fire, you know. We're going to give them a fire. Ha. 
It's going to get good. All right. So maybe one of them had a fire. Smells like sugar cookies. This fire is great. Um, and all of a sudden, this was a very special night because there was a star up in the sky. Um, and so the shepherds were hanging out with their sheep and they were cold and they were snuggly and they were sipping at their tea. Um, and they were spending the night in the fields taking care of their flocks when an angel of the Lord appeared to them. <laughs> And he shone, the glory of the Lord came over them. So all you guys turn around and be amazed at the angel. Amazing. Don't forget the start. So, and then the angel, come here, come here. Then the angel said to them, don't be afraid because they were terrified. <laughs> I am here with good news for you, which will bring you great joy. And to all of the people, this very day in David's town, your savior was born. Christ the Lord. Say, your Savior is born. Your Savior is born, Christ the Lord. But you have to be excited because this is great news. Okay. Your Savior is born, Christ the Lord. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and this is what will prove to you, you will find a baby wrapped in, clo in cloths and laying in the manger. And listen to this. And suddenly a great army of angels. Come on up, angels. We have a great army of angels. <laughs> Amazing. And the reaction was intense. <laughs> Singing praises to God, saying glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And peace on earth. And peace on earth. And goodwill toward men. And goodwill toward men. And then the angels went away. Um, and then the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's go to Bethlehem to see what has happened, which the Lord has told us. So they hurried off and then found Mary and Joseph and baby laying in the manger. All right. Let's give him a hand. Woo! Nice. Maybe we, I can get my stuff back later. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the story of these shepherds that were out in the field, just like you and me. And they were taking care of their flock. They were taking care of their sheep. When an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone on them, and they were terribly afraid, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I am here with good news for you, which will bring you great joy. And to all people, this very day in David's town, your Savior was born, Christ the Lord. And this is what will prove to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger. But this is the part that I want to focus on is what the army of angels said. They said, glory to God in the highest heaven, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. And, um, and so what I want to talk to you guys about tonight is called living the life that God intended for you. So that's the title of today's message, living the life that God intended for you. So just like this, it was a night just like tonight. And the shepherds were regular shepherds, regular people like you and me, hardworking people, amen? And maybe one of them, like we saw, maybe one of them had a favorite sheep that they were cuddling with. They probably dressed a little bit different because it was back in the day, you know? Um, but I'm sure they had blankets and they had, 
you know, like things to keep themselves warm because maybe it was a cold night. And all of a sudden something happened, right? But what, what was it about them that for some reason it pleased the Lord to choose them to share the good news about Jesus? Like, I don't know if they were the only shepherds. Surely there were other people that God could have talked to, right? Like, I'm sure there could have been other people that God could have said, hey, good news, Jesus is born in a manger. But for some reason, he chose them. And I think that there is a lot that we can learn from them. And what are the news that they shared? He said, the angel said, the Savior is born. It's God's plan of salvation fulfilled. That's what they had been waiting for for so many years. The people of Israel had been waiting for a Savior for something like 700 years. Just to give you a little bit of perspective, the United States has not been a country for 300 years yet. That's a long time to be waiting for a Savior. And all of a sudden, the Savior is born and the people who find out are these shepherds. Not any like amazing, I mean, I'm sure you guys are amazing people, but there was nothing like exceptional about them. And I love how God chooses people like, and it seems so arbitrary, you know, like there might be nothing special about a person until God chooses them and they choose to join in his story. It's about his story. And when Jesus comes into the world, the angels rejoice and they celebrate. And there's another part in the Bible that says that the angels rejoice and it is when a sinner turns to the Lord. So the angels rejoice when Jesus was born in the manger and the angels rejoice when Jesus is born in your heart. The angels rejoice and they celebrate when you are born again. And when Jesus comes, everything changes. Now let's look at this. It says that the angels sang glory to God in the highest heaven. They sang peace on earth and they sang a goodwill or favor toward men. And this is the life that Jesus came to bring. When Jesus comes, the life that he wants to give you is a life that brings glory to God, is a life that brings peace on earth, and it is a life that brings favor over your life. It is a life that brings glory to God, a life that brings peace on earth, and a life that brings God's favor over your life. And so the first one that I want to talk to you about is glory to God in the highest. A life with Christ in it is a life that has Jesus at the center. It's a life of worship, just like we worshiped a little while ago, right? Where we lift our hands, where we sing to the Lord, and we lift him high with our worship, right? We say good things about the Lord. We say amazing things. We lift him higher, right? Like the song said, we lift you. We lift, right? That's what the song says. We lift God higher. But did you know that you can also lift God higher with your life, with your actions, with your attitudes, with your words, with your thoughts? A life that brings glory to God should bring glory to God in every area of your life. I didn't know Chris was going to share the story about tithing, but I believe that tithing is a way to honor God with your finances. And I, I never even question it. Like, it's not even my money. Like, it's the Lord's, right? And I believe that that's what gives him glory because he's the source of everything that comes to my life. So how could I not give it back to him, right? A life that brings glory to God um, <clears throat> is a life of obedience. Look at this. It says that the shepherds quickly rushed 
to go worship. They obeyed and they were available to respond to the call of God, right? A life that brings glory to God is a life that is available for, for obedience. They were hardworking people. A life that brings glory to God is a life of hard work. God wants us, God calls people throughout the Bible and more often than not, if not always, I couldn't tell you certainly, but I can think of so many instances where Jesus calls somebody and they're at work. They're fishermen, they're collecting taxes. Thank you. Right? He called Isaiah. Isaiah was being a prophet. He called Jeremiah. He called all of these people throughout history. And they were people who were hardworking. Did you know that God wants you to work? God created you to produce. He blesses. It says in the Bible that he blesses the work of your hands. A life that brings God glory is a life that produces things that bring glory to God. That when people look at it, they're like, oh man, like... Something's different about this. Something special about it. And they praise God because of it. A life that brings glory to God is a life that is available to respond. That's not coming up with all sorts of excuses, right? I was thinking about this and I'm like, what would have happened if the shepherds would have been like super self-centered shepherds, right? And they would have been like, well, you know what? Like, I don't know why God chose that angel. Like, I feel like I could have given the news better, you know? Um, I don't know, like, well, I'm working, you know, like, I'm busy right now. I have all these sheep that I have to take care of. Like, wow, like, you really want me to do this right now, you know? Or what if, like, it was like, well, God, like, come on, like, you see me, I'm here. I know you love me, so you can bring Jesus here. You can do anything. Why do I have to go there? Right? Like, they could have said that if they would have been self-centered, but what happened? They were getting a chance to be part of God's story. And so often we make our lives so about ourselves. And I want God to meet me where I'm at. And I want him to bless me the way that I want to be blessed. And I want him to do all of these things in this order, in this timeline that I came up with arbitrarily. Or comparing myself to somebody else. And it's like, dude, like you get to be part of God's story. It's about him. It's about him being born. It's about him bringing salvation to people, to the world, bringing peace to hearts. We get to be part of his story. We get to be part of his story. That is so amazing that we get to join in his story. There's an author, a pastor that I really like, and he wrote a book that changed me. If you ever want to read it, it's called Crazy Love. And in it, he, in a certain portion, he talks about how we are all secondary background characters in God's story. It's like, you know, when you see the credits roll and you see like man one, woman two. You, you ever seen that? Like, it's like people that don't even have a name that are just like walking in the background, like, you know? extras yeah that's what it's called um and you know but we get it's his story and so often we want it to be so much about ourselves that we want to get the glory and we want all of these things that we want and we want all of the glory and we don't realize that it's his story we don't realize that he's asking us he's inviting us to join him you know at a certain point like i um Pastor share that, you know, like, I don't know if you guys know this, but when uh, Pastor Oni is my sister, and for a while they weren't pastoring in this church, they were at a different church, but then at some point they came here to work full time. 
And I personally, and they know this because we talked about it at the time. Um, and at the time, like things changed so much that I was so out of my comfort zone, like so out of my comfort zone, trust me, that I really, really considered finding a different church to serve God in. And I went to a couple different churches. And at some point I decided, you know what? I could start over somewhere else or I could start over here and serve God where I'm at, where I know that he's put me, where I know that I have grown, where I know that I can trust the people leading me because I know them, because I know that they're not perfect, but I know that they mean well, <laughs> right? And I decided to stay, and I don't know what would have happened if I would have gone somewhere else, but I'm really glad I stayed. I'm really glad because in this place, and after that, I, I, I met Chris, right? I started a ministry. I have a, I have a beautiful, we have a beautiful cell group with so many people that we love and who love us. I don't know if I would have had, I wouldn't have had all those people if I would have gone somewhere else. But there comes a point where you have to respond to what God is calling you to do. And you can do whatever you want. The shepherds could have stayed, but they probably wouldn't be in the Bible. You get me? Like you, you can't, you can say like, well, I didn't like the way the angel talked to me. So. I'm not going to do it. I don't have to do it. Like, God can talk to me. Like, why does he have to use an angel? Like, I can hear him. Right? They could have said any of those things. They could have been so argumented. They would have said, like, well, somebody else could go. Like, I'm busy. Like, what? There isn't, like, somebody who's, like, a worship leader or something that can go worship? I'm a shepherd. I'm not a worship leader. I don't know. They could have come up with so many excuses. And so often we do that. Right? We come up with all of the reasons why we can't do what we're being called to do, what God wants us to do, what he's inviting us to do, the way that he's asking us to join in him in his story, to celebrate with him the amazing thing that he's doing. You know, if I would have left the church, I wouldn't be here today. That's for sure. If I would have gone somewhere else, I wouldn't have been part of the amazing work that God is doing at CFF. Because that's undeniable. That's happening with or without me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the key player here, guys. You get me? But I get to be part of it because I'm here. Because I'm available. And so God is calling you and he's saying, hey, look, let's go. Let's worship. Let's do. Let's win. Let's save. Salvation is here. Glory to God. And we can say, yes, glory to God. I'm in. Or we can say all of the other things that you can come up with. Right? But it's up to you. And so I want to invite you today, challenge you. Just like the shepherds, they believed. And a life of faith is a life that brings glory to God. A life that says, you know what? I can come up with so many questions and so many reasons why not. But I choose to believe. And I want to give you a tip. It's that when you're busy doing what you are being asked by God to do, you don't really have that much time to fill your head with doubts. <laughs> When you, when you stay busy actually doing, actually living out what God has called you to, there's not really that much time to fill your mind with negative thoughts for the enemy to speak to you and you to have conversations with him and saying like, well, you don't really have to do, oh, I don't, hmm, maybe I don't. Like, oh, well, who is she to say that? Yeah, yeah, who, huh? And we have all these conversations with the devil because we have so much time. <laughs> do the things <laughs> try figure it out like you you'll have a much better time actually living for God than trying to like figure out why you can't 
<laughs> Trust me. Um, so the second thing that we see is that the angel said, peace on earth. There is peace that comes when you're doing the right thing, right? There's a confidence when you know, you know, you know, like at work, you know, when you're doing a good job, you know, and you know, when you're not, <laughs> am I right? Like, and there's a peace that comes when you know, you're doing good, that you show up confident. You're like, Hey, do it. Hey, yes. Yes. What, what do you want? What can I do for you? As opposed to when you're not doing what you're supposed to do and they say, hey, Doris, and you're like, yeah, uh, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm working. Uh-huh. <laughs> Putting your phone away, right? <laughs> I don't do it. <laughs> but there's a peace that comes when you're doing what is right. And look at this verse that I want to read you. Jesus said in John 14, 27, he said, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world does. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus came to give us peace. Peace on earth, the angel said. And you know what? The world also has a version of peace that it gives to you. Notice Jesus says, peace I give to you, not like the world gives it to you. Did you notice that? That Jesus himself said that? He said, peace, I leave with you. My peace. The peace that is in me. Like, do you ever think about Jesus and you think of him like stressed out? Or like rushing around and like being all like frantic and neurotic and like trying to figure stuff out? Like, maybe you'll find refuge. Maybe you'll find allies. Oh, I can I have 10 more minutes? <laughs> um, but you won't find peace. <laughs> Maybe you'll find yourself physically rested, um, but maybe you'll have a heart that's exhausted, right? Anybody felt like that? Like your heart is tired, like your mind is tired, like you're just done. And maybe you're well rested because you took a super long nap or you went on vacation or whatever, but you know your soul is tired. Maybe you get a physical high, but your soul is in a pit. There is no peace away from Jesus. And when you look around and you look and look and look and you find nothing, then Jesus comes and he brings you true peace. The life that Jesus came to give you is a life of peace. That's what I, the main thing that I want to share with you today is that the life that Jesus has for you is a life of peace. And you should not settle for anything less. If you know him, if you believe in him and you have lost your peace, you got to find it back. You got to find him, right? You got to find Jesus again. You got to go run into him and say, look, Jesus, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I don't know where I lost it or how, but I know I need it back. And Jesus came for that. He came to bring you peace. And it only happens through Jesus. Um, in the book of Colossians 1.20 says, By Jesus, God reconciled all things to himself, whether things on earth and things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Peace through the blood of Jesus. Receive tonight. We're going to take some, some time later to receive the, the peace of Jesus that comes through his sacrifice on the cross because it's for you. Like you shouldn't leave this place without it. It's for you. And I want, and I know God wants everybody in this place to live with it. Amen.
And the last thing that, um, that we find that the angel said that they said goodwill to all men. So in another version that I was reading in Spanish, it says favor to all men, favor from God. And what is favor? Is when, like, when Jesus was baptized and he, like, got dunked in the water, he was like, and he came up. There was a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved, my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's favor. Is that God would look at you and he would say, that's my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. That God would look at you and say, that's my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It, it doesn't have anything to do with how anybody sees you. It's the way that he sees you. It's the way that God sees you. It's God looking at you going like this. Saying like, mm, good job. You know, like with little kids, like I, I look at my nephews and I'm like, and they're like, that's God's favor that you would look to him and he's looking at you and he's like, doing good. <laughs> good job. <laughs> I love that because it makes me feel so confident because so often I, as a person, as a woman, I compare myself to other people and I'm like, well, I'm not as smart and I'm not as, as, as pretty or as hardworking as somebody who works 18 hour days, which there are people out there like that, like my coworkers, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I can't, I can't do that. because I have cell group and I have 12 meeting and I can't, but I have God's favor. <laughs> right I have God's favor and that like puts a pep in my step because I show up and I'm like hey guys you work 12 hours yesterday I have God's favor you know I have I, I a few years ago I came up with something of a thought really that I believe is from the Lord it's not necessarily from the Bible but God's favor is your unfair advantage It's something that like, it's blessing over the things that you do. It's blessing over the way that you think. That when I, I'm about to work, I'm like, God, like, show me. Show me what nobody else is seeing. When there's a problem, I actually pray that. And I pray to God, God, like, show me what nobody else is seeing so that I can help to fix this problem so we can all go home. <laughs> And God shows me. And God's favor gives me favor with people too. And so that makes your way prosperous and people want to keep you around. Yeah, that's favor. And it's amazing. And it's for you. You get me? Like that when you want to leave your job, they're like, what do you want? I'll give you whatever you want. Just don't leave. Yeah, that can happen. <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Yes, I'm telling you, it's happened to me so many times because I have God's favor. I'm nothing special. I'm no one like, I'm not, again, I am not the one who works the longest hours. I am not the one who like would kill myself for my job or work. You know, like here and there I work a weekend, but like really like in comparison, but I have God's favor and God wants each of his children to live like that. That's not just for me. That's for you. Can you say with me, I have God's favor. Can you start to think like that? Like when you look at God, can you see him smiling at you and going like, yeah, girl, you got this. That when you start a business or when you go to school or when you want to talk to that girl, you have God's favor, dude. 
that when you look at her and you're like, mm, you look at God and God is like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> go for it. And you're like, okay, okay, right? That when you want to look pretty for that guy and you look around and maybe, you know, like you start to compare yourself and feel insecure, but you look at him and he's like, you look gorgeous. And you can walk with confidence that when you start something new that nobody has done before, you can know that it's going to work. Why? Because you have his favor. Not because you know all the answers, but because he's looking at you and going like, yeah, you got this. Cheering for you. God's favor is for you. Amen. It's God's favor when, um, yeah. Amen. Woo! <laughs> Look, guys, favor, the favor of God opens the way for you into blessings. I think we, we're good now. Thank you. <laughs> I have God's favor. <laughs> you don't hate me. Okay. Um, so God's favor over your life opens your way into his blessings. So let us stand. Um, and I want to pray with you guys because I know that maybe this is a very simple message and maybe it sounds even like childish. But I can promise you that if you can apply these things to your life, if you can believe that these things are for you, that Jesus came to give them to you, if you can claim them as yours, as a child of God, not because of anything else, we don't, we can't earn any of this stuff. Like you can't, even if you try as hard as you want, like it's not going to work. It's only through Jesus. But if you come through Jesus, it's absolutely for you. It's totally for you, all of it. And he wants to give it to you. God loves you so much. And he wants you to have an amazing part in his story. He wants you to have an amazing life as part of his story. Always, guys, always remember that. That as many blessings as we can get from him, because he is good to us, it really ultimately always is about him. It really ultimately, life is about Jesus. It's about what he is doing, where he is at, where he's moving. How can I be part of it, Lord? It's not so much about what I want or the things that I want to accomplish or my timeline or where I'm supposed to be. He says where you're supposed to be. Don't compare yourself always to somebody else. It's so easy to lose special things when you start comparing them to other things. And you devalue the very blessings that God wants to give you. Because you think, well, maybe there's something else I'm missing out on. Maybe I'm not seeing. And instead of looking at him, you're looking around. You're comparing yourself. I'd like for everybody to close your eyes. And I'm going to read some scriptures to you. Because I believe that if Jesus hasn't been born in your heart, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do it today. But God in heaven loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to earth so that you could have his salvation, so that you could have a relationship with him. And I want you to, in this moment, ask yourself, has Jesus been born in you? Have you been born again in him? Do you have, in other words, the life of Jesus inside of you? Because peace begins by having peace with God. And in Colossians 1, 1.20, it says, And by him, by Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, 
having made peace through the blood of his cross. In Luke 2, 29 through 30, Zechariah said, Lord, now you are letting your servant rest in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation. You know, you don't have to die to be able to rest in peace. You can start resting today. You can start resting today. And so many of you have been so burdened and so weary trying to look for peace in so many places and so many things. And Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and all who are tired, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke upon you and learn from me that I am meek and I am humble at heart and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. Holy Spirit, I ask you, Lord, in this cold night, just like the shepherds live, Lord, to give us peace like you did to them, Lord. Jesus came to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. Through the tender mercy of God to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. It says in Luke 1, 77 and 79, to guide your feet in the way of peace. God wants to guide your life in his peace. I want to read one last verse. And it says, a child is born to us. A son is given to us. And he will be our ruler. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. And I want you where you are to lift up your hands and tell him, Jesus, I want you to be my Prince of Peace. I want you to be ruler over my life. And if you've never given your life to God, if you've never received Jesus in your heart, if you don't know if you are born again, maybe you've done it before, but you don't really know. I want to give you a chance tonight to say this prayer. And I want you to lift up your hand and say with me, Lord Jesus. But say it loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you to come inside my life. And I need you to give me peace. Like only you can give it. So that I can live a life that honors you. That brings you glory. So that I can have your favor. Forgive me of my sins. And deliver me from evil and from sin. In Jesus' name. And I want you to take a moment. I know it's cold. I know it's late. But to lift up your hands and receive. Put him up in a, in a, in a position of receiving. Right? Where you can say, God, I want to receive your peace tonight. I want to go home with it in my heart. I want you to be born inside my heart and bring me peace. Peace on earth. I know that many of you have been troubled. I know many of you in your heart, there's been anxiety. There's been questioning. You've had doubts about people, even about your leadership. But I want to tell you tonight that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And that he is for you. And that he wants to guide you in the path of peace. 
wants to guide you into blessing. And I pray, Lord, that the veil may fall from every from everyone's eyes tonight so that they can see that you are good, that you have blessings for them, God, that you have them in your hand, Lord, that they are not victims of other people's choices or decisions or mistakes, but they are yours, God. You belong to Jesus. If you have given your life to Jesus, you belong to him and he's taking care of you. He's loving you. He's covering your life. You're not like everybody else. You have his favor. You have his grace over you. And Holy Spirit, I want to ask you tonight to come in this place. It says that when Jesus died and rose again, he came to the disciples and he said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so I send you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to take a deep breath tonight and say, Lord, I receive your Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God is breathing in this place tonight. And the Holy Spirit is available for anybody who wants to open up and receive him. And receive his peace and receive his grace and his favor. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Peace be with you. God, we receive your peace tonight. And if you ask God to forgive you of your sins, you have been forgiven. And you now have peace with God and you are reconciled with him. And he receives you as his daughter, as his son. And he sees you as if you had never sinned before. The blood of Jesus does that for you. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your past. He doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see all the things that you did wrong, all the people that you hurt. He doesn't even see so much what's been done to you, only to heal you and say, let's start over. Let's do something together. Be part of my story. God is inviting you tonight to be part of his story. Receive his peace tonight. And Jesus said, just like the father, just like the father sent him, he sends you to go and be part of his story of salvation. God sends you with his peace to be part of his story of salvation. You get to be part of it. We get to be part of it. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands. I'm telling you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift them higher. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tell him, thank you, I get to be part of your story, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I get to worship you, God. Thank you, God, that I get to have your peace, that I get to have your favor, God, that you chose me, God. You could have chosen anybody else, but you chose us, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, God, so much, Lord. And we thank you for tonight. And we thank you for your favor, God. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your love. And we receive your calling to be sent. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's get up for the Lord Jesus. Yeah.
Amen. All right. I don't really know what to do next. So I love you guys. <laughs> I'll see you guys Sunday. <laughs> Bye.